Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Church on Easter Sunday, so thankful uh, to be with you, and thank you for coming. My name's Phil, and I serve as part of the team here as the pastor, and uh, it's always a great Sunday to be here on Easter. We're going to have a wee bit of a party afterwards as well. Anyone's good at basketball, you're going to look good today afterwards. Just sit by the basketball net. and There's a blow up basketball net, by the way, in case you haven't seen that. Um, it's going to be a good day. So, just going to go straight into the Scripture. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. There's going to be verses on the screen as well. And if you've taken notes, please, please continue to do that. Um, really important. So just going to turn to Isaiah 53. This is hundreds of years before Jesus actually arrived on the earth, uh, but, it's, it, but it just shows you it was part of the plan. And it says this, he was despised and rejected a man of sorrows, acquainted with deep, the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and, and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you that you had a plan. I thank you that, God, even though we, we sin, we are sinners, God, you did not give up on us, that you made a way even when there seemed to be no way. God, we just pray, Father, you help us to clean house. You help us to see what the cross truly meant to us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Okay, I've named this message Cleaning Up House. <laughs> if you have a house, you live in a house, you're going to realize there's one thing you have to, if you like a clean house, you have to continually do, and that is to clean up house. Um, we've actually found, interestingly enough, that it's, a, it's actually great to invite people over and to have groups within church and all that kind of stuff because it forces us to clean up house. Honestly, have you seen the, the, the door? What do you call it? The, the little nook under the, the stairway. What's that called? Cubby hole? Cupboard under the stairs. There you go. Very creative. Sturdy. The cupboard under the... A space. Anyhow, often what happens when people come over, we get all of our shoes, our mess, our gunk, and we just throw it into the space under the stairs, the cubbyhole, the cloakroom. I don't know, what, what do you call that? And so when people come in, everything looks super clean. But we're put, really what the heart is we want things in order. We want to put things back where they're supposed to be. Uh, but why? Because, I don't know, we, we've kind of noticed this when the, the sink is clean. Listen, if I want brownie points, the sink is clean. 
If I want peace in my house, the sink is clean. And fair enough, my wife, lovely wife, would often say, it just feels more peaceful when the sink is clean. And when, when everything's in order, and some of you are like, I've got kids, Phil, you, you have no idea. And you're in a constant struggle and a constant fight against order and disorder. You're in a constant struggle against cleanliness because there's people in your house running around working against you. There's a fight, there's a power struggle, there's an issue, and the fight is for cleaning up house. And it's funny, as I looked at the story of Jesus, we looked at, uh, at Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and, and his final week, we call Holy Week, for some of you maybe don't know that, uh, he gets on a donkey, and, and then I started to just study this week, day one, day two, day three, and what was going on. We see some things that happened, but one of the first things Jesus done was he went to the temple, and that was this space, or what we would call God's house. And he went to the temple, and there was a place in the temple called the Holy of Holies, and that's the, the area that the priests would walk into. It was so holy, there was such a heaviness in the Holy of Holies, it was only a compartment, a, a little room that was kept for just the priest. And the priest would go in once a year to get a message from the Lord. And the, if the priest hadn't done sacrifices and, and paid the price for his own sin and went in with a, a clean heart, if he hadn't reordered things, cleaned up house in his heart, what would happen is he, he, could, he could die instantly because the weight of holiness. And so Jesus went to this, he went to his house and he assessed the house and he started, the Bible says, to turn tables in the house. And so the first thing, I noticed that Jesus clears the way. The first thing I see Jesus do is he's clearing away. It's as if he's starting to build bridges. Because he realizes there's some barriers. And if you're like me, you've got some barriers in your life. You've got some ways of doing things. You've got some habits. You've got some patterns. The Bible talks about iniquity. That's why Jesus died to, to deal with our iniquity. What is iniquity? It's another word for a pattern of sin. A way of doing things. Well, I've always done it that way. My family, my father, my mother, my, my, we've just generationally done this. But it's, when you look to the scriptures, it's iniquity. It's a pattern. It's just not God's best. And so Jesus straight away sees issues and it's as if he's starting to clear the path, the way to righteousness, the way to the cross, the way to freedom, the way to God's best, the way to purpose. So the question I would have, and maybe you could have this morning, is what is getting, getting in my way? Maybe there's an area where you experience great anxiety, great fear, or, or there's dysfunction. The question I would have, what is there something in the way? Is there a way that you're walking that's causing an obstacle? It's causing a barrier. And I feel, I feel like this is what happened with Jesus. So, so we see in Luke 19 and 46, he says, He began overturning their tables and clearing the way, clearing the temple. The Scriptures declare, My temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Money making. It's, it's, it's nearly as if they knew what the temple was, but they seen it as an opportunity for selfish gain. 
it's nearly like they put the blindfolds on on purpose. They kind of diminished the weight and the holiness of the space. And they decide, oh, no, 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 we'll just, we'll just ignore that for a little bit. We'll just not maybe read the Scriptures, that part of the Scriptures that we do not like. Because it's, it's heavy. It's going to cause me to move and to change. It's going to cause me to put some things away. It's going to cause me to put things into the dishwasher. It's going to cause me to apply myself to dig up some unhealthy soil, unhealthy plants, unhealthy functions, unhealthy ideas. I'm going to have to actually spend time not making, profiting from possession. I'm going to have to spend some time digging ditches and cleaning up house. It's heavy. Where there was once sacrifice for sin, they had turned God's house into a profit-making industry. It's funny, as I look around the church today, it's been an interesting season the last two years and all this stuff that's happened. I see in the church today, it's as if God is purifying His church. There's chaos. It's as if Jesus came back again to turn some tables. It's as if some sins that have been there for long periods of time, on the inside, on the outside, things look clean. Worship was awesome. The sounds were good. But, but it's, what we're starting to see is stuff coming from the inside to the outside. I feel like that's what Jesus done as he was approaching the cross. It's as if he was preparing the church for the biggest move that the local house of God had ever seen. But first he had to throw over some tables, clean some tables, some surfaces were unhealthy to sit at, toxic. And so the question is, what needs cleaned in me? What is an obstacle in me? What is getting in the way in me? And that often looks like on the surface, where am I trying to get selfish gain? Where am I trying to profit in worldly terms where I should be profiting with my soul? What the Bible says, what does a man gain if he gains the whole world, if he profits the whole world but loses his soul? I believe that's what had happened. The, the church had lost its soul. And so God cannot be present in that kind of situation. So what I see then, Jesus confronts the sin. <laughs> Some of us in here are good at confronting problems, aren't we? Some of us hate it. I probably don't like it that much, to be quite honest. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. I prefer everything just to be happy, to be nice. But you see, once you get hurt a few times because you didn't confront, once you carry the weight of shame, you carry the weight of failure, you carry the weight of brokenness, <laughs> you soon learn that confrontation is needed. You soon learn that if I don't confront this, the price is greater that I would have to pay with regret than it is with discipline. See, you can pay with discipline or you can pay with regret, 
but you have to pay. Either way, you will pay. I think that's the message that Jesus clearly brought to people. It's like, now is the time of salvation. I'm giving you a chance now. I'm available right now. You can pay with discipline, with surrender, with doing the right thing now, or you can wait later and pay with regret, with sorrow, with hell, with heartache, with brokenness. I've been there. We see that in, 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 a, in, a, in a form on the earth. There's dysfunction, there's hell all around us. There's brokenness all around us. That's awful. It's painful. It's heavy. But our sin cannot be dealt with until it's confronted. Until, until we, instead of pretending, oh, I don't want to think about it. I guess that's what happens when we have a group in our house. When we bring friends around, we know that there's accountability coming. <laughs> and if they see us living this way, we kind of, sh- we shape up. Oh, they're going to like, oh man, we got to fix this. This is not healthy. They see clothes and towels everywhere. And, you know, it's just not, when, when it's confronted, we, we, let's get the source. Let's put this back into order. Let's, let's bring clarity again. Let's bring functionality again. So here's a verse we see in Luke eleven thirty nine. 39. It says, Then the Lord said to them, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? It's so easy to do that. It's so easy to come to church. It's so easy to go to friends and just smile. Everything's fine. It's actually so hard to go to the back or go and ask someone for prayer. It's so hard at times to just be vulnerable. That's what we're talking about. But, but Jesus is saying, oh, it's just as important. Yes, I think we should have outward actions should be healthy. We should look after them. But he's saying the inside is just as important. Actually, a lot of the time, the, outside, the inside will eventually seep out. Because you can only fake it for so long until you're put under a pressure or, or something in life comes and then the inside comes out. And the real you comes out when the pain and the heaviness of life presses in. That's actually when we talk about oil. Sometimes the Bible talks about anointing with oil and the, the olive tree and the olive oil. Actually, olive, olive oil comes from the pressing of olives. It's crushed. Jesus was crushed. Oil is representation of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. But often the power of the Holy Spirit comes when we're crushed. When our true self comes out. And often when life crushes us, what comes out? Might be the odd swear word. No, you're not going to be honest in church. There might be the odd evil thought comes out when you're crushed. There might be the odd, um, some words, sinful words, sinful thoughts, evil thoughts come out when you're crushed, if you're honest. Because deep down, it's there. 
But when Jesus was crushed, he still was able not to somehow sin. His flesh cried out. He was crushed for our sins. Because often when we're crushed, we just sin. We just get mad. Our our nature just causes us to rebel. When we're crushed, yes, we, we can come to church and for the most part put a good face on. For the most part, look pretty polished. For the most part, we're, we're, we're pretty functional. But when we're crushed, and so, so it goes on to say in, in Luke 12, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed. And all that is secret will be made known to all. Whenever you have said, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. What if we put every thought that you've had when you were crushed, not when you were polished, when you were crushed on the screen. Every failure, every wrong thought, the Bible says even if you have a thought of adultery, you commit adultery in your heart. Everything you've scrolled, looked at, lusted over, what if we put it on the screen? What would you do? <laughs> Be honest, what would you do? We actually have all of, um, I'm only kidding. If, it, if mine went up there, I would run out. Peace. That's my job over. <laughs> Who's next? I'm done. I would. Why? I'd feel shame. I'd feel guilty. I'd feel unworthy. And I would be right. I would be 100% right. You would lose respect. Because you can't, some of you might think I've got a half together. But in reality, if, if we actually thought about that and thought that God knows every thought that we've had, everything that we've done behind closed doors, if we reveal that to people, not one of us would stand. Because there's something in us deep that just on its own, trusting ourselves as our own Savior, we dysfunction. We just, we don't have an answer that goes beyond ourselves. There's nothing that's bigger than us to deal with that kind of stuff. You could even call it a debt. You see, one thing I realized is that with holiness, there's a heaviness. There's a heaviness the same way in the Old Testament, the Holy of Holies, if they got it wrong, the holiness would cause death. Not because God was trying to kill people, not because God was evil, just because holiness is so pure. In the same way, fire can be so pure that that it burns impurities away and it, it can create crystals, diamonds, in a fire, in, in the pressure, in the same way. God's holiness, we, we can't interact with it. It's too holy. And it's heavy. When I read the scripture, honestly, I'm reading, we're reading our, our daily devotions and we're reading through um, the New Testament. As I read through it, I'm like, oh my word. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, some areas I'm so far off the pace here. Like Jesus is, this isn't like light reading. 
This is like surrender everything. This is surrender it all. I have so much to work on as I read the, because the Bible is the only book that you read that reads you. It's like a mirror image. It exposes, it confronts our sin, and sometimes it's not nice. And sometimes it's not as encouraging as we would like it to be unless we go deeper, unless we have a paid debt, unless we have somebody who's going to come on our behalf to fix the debt that we have, the weight, someone who can carry the weight that we just can't carry. All it does is condemns us. You can read the Bible, and without the cross, you're condemned. You're exposed. It's on the screen. God knows everything. He knows it all. It's heavy. You know, I was um, trained to be a fitness instructor while I was going through uni, trying to be as good as Tegan, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff, doing the, what is it, the cleaning jerks. And, and obviously, you've got to be careful when you're pulling weight because you can pull your back out. And technique's important, so, so there's a right way of doing things. There's a right way of, of getting down, butt out, and, and that's to keep your back straight. And, and I remember training up and you know, doing all, going through all the machines, because I have to now teach people how to do that. And the, the instructor, just no smile. Just like, give me something. Like, can we laugh? Like, can we have fun here? I'm just trying to get this course. Like, relax. Chill. Just show me how to do it and give me my marks and let me go. And I remember going through the, you know, all the little machines and you've got to say, right, I'm going to come from this angle because it's safer. Come from the front side of the machine and I'm going to check the, you know, the pec deck press and make sure it's not loose and, and, and um, make sure nothing's going to swing back in my face and make sure the bar for the lat pull down is not swinging around in case it smacks someone on the head. All these different things you've got to go through. And to be quite honest, I, I forgot most of them and failed. Because I was thinking more about the night out that night than I did the peck deck and, and the pectoral press machine and whatever else. And uh, they just kept calling me out. Just kept saying, no, no, don't do that. I'm like, okay, I'll start again. Oh, no, you've you got to put the bar up first and put the pit. got that far. Oh no, your hands are at the wrong angle, your grip's wrong. That could cause, and to be quite honest, it was time after time after time to the point where I just wanted to give up. I just didn't, I, I, I can't get anywhere here. It's just failure after failure, correction after correction, not good enough after not good enough. It was starting, I was starting to take it personal. My tone of my voice might have shifted a little bit after about five minutes. And so what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is when we enter the holiness of God, when we look at the holiness of God the Father, it's a bit like that in some ways. Without the cross, that's what it looks like. Got that wrong, got that wrong, got that wrong, got that wrong. Your efforts might be good, but because I'm human, because I, I'm figure, trying to figure this thing out, because I'm not God, because I've, I'm not the, the, the perfect instructor, because I haven't done this life thing before, I keep messing up. My intentions are good. I want to get it right, but I keep messing up. And because of that, I'm condemned. Because of that, I'm starting to believe I'm a failure. Because of that, I'm starting to believe I'm not good enough. And sometimes as a church, we got to be careful that that we don't tell people, you better dress this way, you better look this way, you better say the right things. If we, if we don't have the cross, 
That's what church relationship with God can look like. Judy, do this, do that, go here. You haven't done this right. Keep confessing your sins. Keep never getting to the line, never being good enough. Because holiness is heavy. Holiness is impossible for us. It's not just heavy, it's impossible. You've heard people say, no news is good news. Remember, there's a principal, I was working in a school, and he used to say that, no, don't, if there's no news, I'm happy. And what he's really saying is, everything's in order. There's no chaos. There's no problems to fix. In some ways, he's burying his head in the sand because there's always something to work at. And sometimes with us, we can have that mindset of, oh, it'll be fine. Let's just park these tables up. Let's start selling stuff, head in the sand. Let's just start doing things our own way. And before you know it, we're trying to make profit instead of praying. Before you know it, we're gravitating towards greed instead of God's grace. And really, I think what was happening in in the temple at that time in God's house was people had lost their heart. They had lost their soul. Their time was not being spent on pursuing God and protecting the relationship with God. They had forgot God and started to do their own thing. See, I guess the big thing with, with the cross and Jesus is there's a law at play here. There's a spiritual law. The same way we have a law of the land, we have to pay our taxes. Maybe some of you need to start doing that. Because <laughs> why do you not do it in the profit? Profit. I need more money. That's why. But God has called us to holiness. And listen, we'll never be good enough. There'll always be something that we're not doing right, lifting right, acting right. But God has, this is why it's important to understand this. When we give our life to Jesus, he pays the price for us. We're saved eternally. The price is paid, but we're also, as some would say, being saved. What's that mean? That means we're in a process of maturity. We're in a process of, oh, I'm trying to do less wrong. Can I get an Amen. I'm in a process of getting better. God's grace allows me to keep progressing and moving forward. Now that the fitness instructor that I come to is encouraging as, as well as truthful. They said, hey, you've done that well, but, but let's, let's work on this. I'm looking for 70%. If you're 70% of the way there, you pass the exam. I don't need 100%. You're on a journey. You're moving forward. That's good. Keep going. My grace allows you to move forward. But it's only by obedience you can do that. And so Jesus fulfilled the the debt and conquered the consequence. Actually, in the law of Moses, there were 613 laws to the point where no one could keep them. So what is the point of the law in the first place? The Bible actually said that as we see the fuller picture of the Bible, old and new, the old is Christ concealed and the new is Christ revealed. You see, the whole Bible was always pointing towards a lamb, towards a debt pair. 
the whole scriptures, when they would bring a lamb in the Old Testament for sacrifice, it was about the cleansing. It was about relationship. It was about cleaning up house. It was about putting things into order temporary until Christ would come. That's why in Isaiah, six, seven hundred years prior to Christ coming, he spoke those verses that we read at the start. For our iniquities, for our transgressions, he would be our price that would be paid, our debt that would be done. I was at uni a few years back, just about, you know, about one or two. And you go to uni at the start, we're in Belfast, and all of a sudden you've got to start paying rent. All the lads, like, oh, let's get the cheapest rent possible. Let's just go in, as long as it's got a roof and the wind doesn't get in for the most part, let's, let's go for it. Let's just save the money and we'll not be in it anyhow. I'll just be, you know, used to play football in the living room and, and, and you know, it was just a bit chaotic, but, it, you know, it was a house. And so we started to realize, you know, everyone's like, oh, you take that room, you take that room. There's a guy who actually lived in our, in our attic because he wanted a better deal trying to save money. And we started then have to, he, he was nearly looking a freebie because he's in the attic. We're like, hey, a freebie? What, the heat rises, mate. It rises right to the top. And at that point, we started to realize, bro, there's a debt collector and he needs paid. And you're in the house. And we got to clean this house up for the debt collector. When he comes, oh boy, we cleaned. And that's what Jesus was for us. He had to pay his debt or he got chucked out. And that's what Jesus came because we, we have to realize that there's a debt. You have a debt whether you're a nice person, even if you're 70% of the way there. Even if you're 80% a good person, there's still a 20% debt. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory, the holiness of God. We all have debt. My question to you today, or maybe a reminder to you today, who's paid it? Who's paying it? You know what it means to believe in Christ? Watch this. This is for some of you who have been in church, but you're kind of a bit of wavering. To believe in Christ isn't just to acknowledge Him. It's to be loyal to Him until the end. Jesus clearly says within the New Testament, this is about loyalty until the end. And that some will fall away. This isn't just, ah. Uh, and there's consequences. And many people have different opinions about that, but there's consequences nonetheless. And so if you have loyalty to Jesus until the end, you have fruit. One of the other things Jesus done in the final week was he, he cursed the fig tree because it did not have fruit. That's a challenge to some of you who are just going through the motions with Jesus. You haven't prioritized them. There's a fear factor with that. Because he cursed the tree without fruit. It was still a tree. It had no fruit. There's a challenge in that. goes on to say in Matthew 28, and we'll finish with this. Let's go ahead and stand. As they went to the tomb and the tomb was empty, 
the angel said, Don't, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Just as he said, it would happen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes would not be condemned. Whoever believes is loyal to would be free to move in the purposes of God, would have the condemnation, the shame, the fear of tomorrow removed from them, that the grace of God would then be activated in their life because the truth of God was dealt with, because the weight of holiness was dealt with. It was put on a lamb, a perfect lamb, who took the weight of sin on himself not for you just to watch the church, not for you just to be at church, but for you to be loyal to King Jesus and to participate and become the church. And I'm telling you, God wants to clean up house today in your life. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is here and He's calling some people to move. He's calling some people to turn some tables. He's calling some people to, to prioritize prayer over profit, over business, over jobs. He's calling some people to reorder your home, to carry the weight. The Bible also goes on to say, because sometimes we can say, oh, that sounds great, that grace thing. But the Bible also talks about carrying our own cross. That God has actually given us the ability through His grace to carry some weight too. And that's important not to ignore. And so we're going to pray. With every head bowed and eye closed, you know that, that scripture for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in him should not perish. Whoever, whoever is loyal to him should not perish and have, have everlasting life. It's just about debt, paying your debt. If the debt isn't paid, well, what happens to someone who doesn't pay their debt? The debt is still there. It exists. It's eternal. It's out there. It needs dealt with. If it's not dealt with, there's consequence. The same way we would have chucked our mate out of the house, there's consequence. There's heaviness to holiness. Life is real. Sin is real. It's a problem. Jesus came. He paid the price. He emptied the tomb. Death has lost a sting for those who believe. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.